and they say, you bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. In other words, they're saying, well, they're saying, uh, who are you to say that you're the light? <laughs> kind of is what they're saying. So they're challenging his words, aren't they? Jesus answered and said to them, even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from and where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. And yet if I do judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. Then they said to him, Where is your father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my father. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. These words Jesus spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no one laid hands on him, for his hour had not yet come. Here again we see the natural mindset trying to grasp the spiritual aspect of who Jesus was, and it clashes. They were trying with natural wisdom to understand. They were expecting a natural king to come and overthrow Rome. And here Jesus is talking to them about his heavenly father and about the kingdom of heaven and who he truly is. And they're having a hard time. They're not getting it, are they? And so again, we see that it takes more than just, you know, and that's why, you know, they, that's why sometimes people say it's, it's a waste of time to argue with people about the word. Because if we're just coming to the word from a natural standpoint to, to, to argue it with logic and reason, that it doesn't really, it, it, that, that doesn't, doesn't work. And you can do that endlessly. You could do that from now until forever. When we come to the word of God, we have to come with the spirit of God, right? And when we understand, when the Christ dwells in our hearts, we're filled with the spirit, the Holy Spirit is teaching us, there comes light and there comes understanding about the word that doesn't come from natural, the natural mind, right? And from natural understanding. And so it takes more than just natural understanding. We need the spiritual understanding as well. And so... Jesus is speaking to them. His words are clear. We understand them, at least in some measure we understand them, but they're having a hard time understanding them. And, you know, sometimes um, when we don't, um, sometimes we don't want to understand. Sometimes we kind of have an idea like, ooh, maybe that's what that means. <laughs> but that kind of challenges us and who we are and all the stuff that we've thought so far up to now. And so it's hard to kind of, open ourselves up sometimes to that the truth, the absolute truth of God's word. And so that's where the humility comes in, where we have to say, Lord, your word is my absolute guide and truth, and I humbly bow before it. If you, if, if you show me from your word, explain things to me from your word, I will, I will do what your word shows me to do. And when we do that, we're safe. So then Jesus continues to talk to them, and he says to them again, I am going away, and you will seek me, and will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself? Because he says, where I go, you cannot come. And he said to them, you are from beneath, I am from above. Wow, that's pretty 
powerful, isn't it? You try try that out. Try that line out on somebody. <laughs> yeah, it might not go over too well. <laughs> you are not of this world, and I am not. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins. But if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. In other words, he's saying to them, you need to believe in me. He's saying it clearly to them. What you need to do is believe in me that I am the Messiah, the Redeemer, the Savior. They said to him, who are you? And Jesus said to them, just what I have been saying. Do we hear a little bit of frustration there? He's been saying it and saying it and saying it. And now he says to them, just what I'm saying to you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge concerning you. But he who sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. And they did not understand that he spoke to them of the Father. Wow. Here, you know, we see again Jesus trying to get this message through. I came from the Father. Me and the Father, we're one. What you see me do, I'm doing on behalf of the Father. We're acting as an, an entity, one entity here. And representing the kingdom of heaven. I came from the kingdom of heaven to represent all that the kingdom is and stands for. And they're so focused on the, on the earthly kingdom that they can't even, it doesn't even penetrate into their brains that Jesus is speaking about a spiritual kingdom, a heavenly kingdom. And so, you know, we just see it. That's all. What else can you say? Then Jesus said to them, and again, this is all, you know, words, his words. He spoke to them. Uh, oh, He said to them, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. And he who sent me is with me, for the Father has not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. And as he spoke these words, many believed in him. So there we have the flip side of the coin. And we can't, we can't forget that part, that there were many that did believe in him as they heard him. Something opened up inside of them. They, their understanding was enlightened. They got it. Yes, this is the Messiah. I'm going to believe in him, going to put my trust in him. And so he tells them here quite plainly that he is who they have, you know, we're looking for. He is the Messiah. He says he does always those things that please the Father. Wow, what a testimony that is. And that's our, that's the, the bar was set really high, wasn't it? And that's, that's our, that's our goal. <laughs> He set the bar and we're always aiming for it, right? That I do always those things that please the Father. That we respond, we, we, we speak, we confess the things that are pleasing to the Father and not the other. And that, that's just, that's an ongoing, lifelong process struggle that we are learning, right? We're learning to not confess the negatives and the things the enemy would like us to confess about ourselves. Sometimes things that have been sown into our lives that are detrimental and that hold us back. And so we have to learn and we have to say, Lord, show me. Lord, show me. Where where am I doing that? Sometimes, you know, it always starts in our in our thinking. So we have to ask him in there and say, show me where I'm thinking wrong things. Show me. 
teach me, renew my mind, renew my, that's why we got to have the renewed mind, you see, it's all, it all hangs together, sometimes people take one piece and they run with that and, and, and it, it becomes disjointed, no, the, you know, our walk with Christ, it's, it's all, it's all knit together perfectly. As he renews our mind, we're able to speak the confessions that he speaks over our lives and that line up with his word about who we are and who he is. And we're not able to do that unless we're connected to him. Okay. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, here we go, this is great stuff. If you abide in my word, wow. Now, he could have put something else in there. You know, if you go live in Nazareth or if you, whatever. He could have made a long list of to-dos if you do, 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 do. No, he said, no, do, do. He said, if you abide in my word, if you abide in my word, wow. That means we need to know what his word says, right? What is his word? What is his word in this situation? Sometimes we get in situations and we we think, now what do I do? How where do we go? How how does it, we we have questions? Well, we got to go to His Word. If you abide in My Word, you are My disciples indeed. We call ourselves disciples, followers, Christ followers, right? Christians are followers of Christ, disciples of Christ. And He said, "If you abide in My Word, you are My disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Free from what? Free from sin. Yes." free from ourselves and all that would defeat us, free from our enemy, not free from Rome. Right. <laughs> right. Right. That didn't, didn't compute. It didn't compute. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So, of course, you know, he's making them uncomfortable. And they said to him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been born in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? So you see, they didn't get it. They want to get it. They, they, they didn't want to get it because they considered themselves, of course, free men, and that they were in bondage to anything or anyone. No, they weren't, they weren't going there. And yet Jesus is telling them that they were. They were slaves to sin and to their, na- their, their evil nature. Jesus answered them, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. So Jesus answers, um, what will you be made free from? Be made free from sin. And of course, they didn't consider themselves sinners either. Uh, women and Gentiles and Samaritans, you know, they were, they were sinners, but, you know, the, because they wore the robes and had the phylacteries and, you know, went and prayed on the corner and, you know, did all of their little ritual thing, you know. They weren't sinners. <laughs> they were the religious leaders. Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. They said to him, now they get self-righteous, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, 
If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. Remember, what he did was counted to him for righteousness because he believed God. Wow. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You you do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, we are not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I have proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Here he's talking to the religious leaders, the Jewish, his, his own people. You know how frustrating it is when you're, when you're saying something and saying it and saying it and you realize the person that you're talking to is just not getting it. That's very dismaying, isn't it? Because you feel like, what about what I'm saying is not clear? What, how, why, is, why is the communication muddled here? Why are they not hearing? And um, sometimes it's not because of the words we're saying. It's because of the filters that, that it's getting heard through. And so we just have to always be careful that we keep our own filters clear and clean, you know, when you have an air conditioning system or if there's other systems, sometimes on your car or whatever, you have filters, don't you? And those filters need to be cleaned from time to time because they get real gunked up. And we have to make sure that our filter of hearing God's voice isn't all gunked up with stuff so that we only hear what we want to hear. And, you know, again, it's humility, it's bowing, it's saying, Lord, you do know what I need to hear, and you do know better than me, and I will submit myself to your voice and to your word. And he, he says, why don't you understand my speech? Hear Jesus, the Son of God, saying, why don't you understand? Because you are not able to listen to my word. Wow. Wow, here they have him alive in the flesh. You know, so many times you hear Christians say, oh, if I could have just been there. Yeah, well, here, these guys, were they were there. They weren't doing real good with it, were they? <laughs> so, you know, it's not about the time frame. Jesus is here. He is with us, just as real as he was in, when they saw him in the flesh. And it's up to us to bow at his word, to hear, to, to listen for his words, because you are not able to listen to my word. Wow. So, you are of your father. That, now he tells them plainly. He's like, okay, you know, they're, they're not getting it. How much plainer can I say this? You are of your father, the devil, and the desire of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. Wow. 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 Again, we see Jesus not stepping away from the conflict, not going, oh, you're so you know, but but you're really you're really good about this, and you're really. <laughs> we don't see him mincing words here, do we? We see him really addressing because this was a matter of life and death. It's a matter of life and death, whether we hear God's words or we don't. And you know, when you start tuning in to listen to, to hear God's words, I'm sure 
we could go around the room and each of us could share experiences, that when you start really wanting to hear God speak, you hear him speak from all kinds of places. You hear him speak in the silence. You go and stand by the lake or look at a mountain or see the sunrise or see the sunset, and you hear God shouting into your into your being, I'm alive, I'm God, all kinds of things. You start to hear it in a song on the radio. You hear it in some conversation casually that you're not even a part of. You hear it in, hopefully, in, you hear it when the word is preached. You hear it in so many ways. As you read, of course, mainly as you read God's word, you begin to understand it and understand how to apply it. And then you learn how to speak it and how to speak it into your life and over your life and over the lives of those all around you. And that's the whole point of this whole study is that we have to understand who Jesus is and accept his word as our life. It's our life. That's it. It's our life. End of story. (laughs) Praise God. And they weren't getting it, and they didn't want to get it, because it challenged all that they were used to. And so we never have to be afraid when God is rattling the cage a little and, and getting us out of our comfort zone. None of us like that, but it's okay. If, if God is in that, it's only going to bring us, as, as Pastor says, you know, repentance brings us to, through the doorway to God's blessing. And so if God's rattling our cage, pushing us out of our comfort zone, it's okay. He's the one who can do that. That's good. That's good because it'll bring us to a place that's even better. And we want to be able to hear God and, and follow him completely. So, of course, now that they, you know, they're starting to get the drift here. I mean, they're a little, a little, they're dense, right? I mean, when we read this, you go, man. <laughs> All right, then Jesus says to, um, then the Jews answered and said to him, do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? So, of course, this is a, a typical Human nature thing, right? Somebody challenges you and you feel uncomfortable, um, kind of automatic response is kind of the lash out, lash back, whatever. Jesus said, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father. You dishonor me, and I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Wow, this is a quite a promise, huh? There's some benefits, there's some powerful benefits to keeping God's word, eternal life. Hallelujah. And then Jews that, I mean, eternal life with Jesus in heaven. <laughs> there's those who are punished and damned will live forever also, but that's not a, that won't be living, will it? Then the Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham is dead the pro- and the prophets, and you say, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste death. You are, are you greater than our father Abraham who is dead? Now, if, if they were really accepting that he was the Messiah, they would have known the answer to that question. And the prophets are dead? Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered. He's been telling them, right? We, we just came through this, all these verses here. He's been telling them who he was. <laughs> Watch it there, brother. <laughs> Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father who honors me, of whom you say he is your God, yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I should be a liar like you, but I do know him and keep his word. 
Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and you haven't seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Now, there was no question that they understood who I am was. I am was Jehovah, Jah. That was who their God was. I am that I am. <laughs> That's who he was. They, they knew that. Then they, t- then they took up stones. This is why they did this. This is, then they took up stones because they understood what he said. They took up stones to stone him because they understood who I am was. He was Jehovah. Then they took up stones to throw at him, but Jesus but himself went and went out of the temple. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. <sighs> what a discourse, huh? What words. Here's words of life. Jesus clearly speaking, saying, if you leave my word, if you take my word, live my word, accept my word, you'll have life. You'll have life. You'll abide in my word. The truth will set you free. You know, as, as human beings, we, all of us struggle with different, in different areas, in different realms. And, you know, today there's more psychiatrists and psychologists and, and help groups and support groups than there ever were in our world. Here's the answer. Jesus is the answer. Without Jesus in the mix, all of those things are good and they do, are trying to help people and sometimes it does help a little bit, but without Jesus in the mix, without the Holy Spirit, the truth sets us free. You know, sin has to be dealt with. It can't be covered over. And, you know, um, psychology and psychiatry, they go and they say, well, oh, you know, tell me about your past. And, okay, well, you know, you, they just try and level that all out and say, well, you know, none of that was your fault. And, and sometimes that's true, but... You know, it doesn't take care of the sin problem. The only thing that takes care of sin problem is the blood of Jesus Christ. God's Son cleanses us from all sin. And then his word applied to our living is health. It's health to our whole being, spirit, soul, and body. And that's the answer that the world needs and is fighting against. Just like these people were fighting against Accepting that as the the solution. Men today are fighting against accepting Jesus as the solution. Accepting Jesus Christ as the answer. As the way. Oh no, there are many ways. Oh no, there's, you know, on and on and on. And as soon as you embrace the truth, the truth sets you free. And you start being delivered from sin. Some things instantly. Some things take a little fight and diligence, but truth sets us free. And so, and the word works, as we know. Alright, so we see here that the Jews' reaction is that they want to kill him. How sad. You know, we just, again, we can't change their reaction. Some of them did believe, some of them did end up believing. And after after he died on the cross, more of them, more of them believed, especially after he rose from the dead. You know, there, of course there were those who, you know, were bribing people to believe that that didn't happen. But there were many that did believe Acts. We see that in Acts. 
um, tells us many times, and many of the Jews believed, many of the Jews believed, many of the Jews believed. And so we just have to make sure that we're hearing his, hearing his word, putting ourselves in a place to hear his word, listening for his voice, and that when we hear his voice, we're responding to it. Our response is important. Um, you know, when we send out invitations, we have on there RSVP, which is some kind of French saying for please respond. <laughs> when we hear God's voice, it's an invitation to come, to get the help that we need. And an RSVP is required, but we need to respond. And I've seen over the years that when you respond instantly, you hear God's word, you know it's, it's for you, and immediately you bow and you say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, that's for me. I need that. You pray over it. You accept it. At the moment you're hearing it and understanding it, there's like special, there's, there's like grace to help you. Phenomenal grace to help you. You could spend months praying and praying and praying for the exact thing that God is offering to you as you, as you're hearing God speak to you, as you're hearing his word. All of a sudden comes that moment you say, oh, that's for me. I need that. I need a change. I need help. Yes, I bow at that. Lord, come to me. And even maybe sometimes if you've heard it in a sermon, go home and pray over what you've heard. Don't just leave the word in the church to fall on the wayside, but take it home and pray over it and say, yes, Lord, show me how to live that out. I want to do your word. As you do that, at those moments, there's an amazing amount of help and grace. It's like a, a golden key. I had an old recipe book that had this, these places where it had keys. And it, the keys were like little tips, you know, like little like uh, cooking secrets, you know, like if you follow this, you know, you'll be a good cook type of thing. Well, this is like a golden key in God's kingdom. If when you are hearing... God speak to you and God put his finger on something in your life or address an issue that you've been struggling with. If immediately you respond and say, yes, Lord, I hear your voice. I want to do that. Help me. I can't do it by myself. I accept your help. Instantly, it's like you, it's like a giant step forward. You get like catapulted into a whole new place. Suddenly you find that there is spiritual strength and energy to do what before you were unable to do be, simply because you responded at the time. It grieves my heart when I hear, when I see situations where people hear God's word and just quickly move on to something else and don't have to take any time to respond and allow God to impart. There has to be impartation when we hear God's word and respond. We respond, he, and then he imparts it to us. It takes a little time, you know. We can't, we're such a hurry in our, in our world that sometimes we miss some pretty big, big pieces just because we're so much in a hurry. And God's not in a hurry. And so let's make sure that constantly when we hear God's word, I know all of us here, we're desirous to hear God's word and embrace it with our whole being. We have, but he always has another piece, doesn't he? He always has another step forward for us. And so let's, let's purpose within, or with all that is within us that every time we hear God speak to us, we're going to bow and we're going to accept it. We're going to respond. We're going to say, yes, Lord, I take it. I take it all. I take all that you have. I take it all. Um, years ago, 
when I was much younger (laughs) and was in in some meetings where at the camp where, where we were, the directors of the camp had a tremendous ministry of laying on of hands. And sometimes during a service, they would, um, they would just minister. They would go around and, and, and minister to individuals. It, it, was, it was just really, really blessed. There were people who received it, um, and there were people who I'm pretty sure didn't have, I don't want to be mean, but uh, didn't have a clue. You know, just, were, just weren't, just weren't. I used to pray when sometimes when they were, were were doing that, I would say, "Now, Lord, whatever is left over and people aren't getting, ah, I want it. I'll take it." <laughs> I'll take anything and everything that's kind of like just the overflow that people can't even. And I know that during those years, God just imparted so mightily into my heart, but my heart was receptive. I was wanting it. I was desiring it. And that's key in the kingdom of heaven is our desire. The Bible tells us his eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth. What's he looking for? He's looking for our desire. He's looking for a heart that's David out on the hillsides. Why did God stop and and get in relationship with him? Because David had a desire in his heart for God. And when he, he sees our heart is desiring him... He's right there. And so may God help us always to keep that desire burning brightly. And he is faithful. We don't have to worry about his part. And may we be faithful always to allow him in. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for your precious word. Thank you, Lord, how you come and show up and lead us forward as we listen and obey your voice. Help us, Lord, to do it more, not ever to miss hearing your voice or rejecting what you are speaking to us, Lord. We love you so much. Thank you for your great love for us. In Jesus' name, amen.